This episode of the Matt Report is not your typical Matt Report. It's filled with some strong emotions. If you are at the gym or driving in the car, this is probably not the episode for you to listen to. Uh, This is the episode where I find out that my good friend Clint Warren has passed away nearly a month ago, and I'm just finding out about it today. But it feels really, really good to give back. I mean, I would... um... It's no exaggeration that WordPress completely changed the course of my career and my life. And whatever I can do to give back to the community of people that that's, um, I'll do it a hundred percent and give it my all and, and bring whatever I can to the table. So it's been it's even just the planning and all of everything leading up has been very rewarding. A lot of work for sure, but um, I'm more than happy to do it. Clinton Warren Chizinski, age 30, passed away peacefully on his own terms on Sunday, February 16th in Norwalk, Connecticut. He was born February 22nd, 1984 at St. Joseph's Hospital in Stamford, Connecticut. Never one to wait around, he arrived a month early. Right from the start, he marched to the beat of a different drummer and never looked back. He was the first one in the Wilton schools to sport green hair and show up for baseball tryouts with a braid. We loved him all the more for his expressions of individuality, his infectious good humor, and incredibly engaging personality. He graduated from Fairfield University with a degree in international business, and after several years in the corporate world, he started his own company. In Clint's words, my greatest passion and mission is to continuously learn and grow, striving to bring out the absolute best in myself and those around me. I try to pass on what I've learned to help others in every area of life. Mental, physical, spiritual, and business. I love to write, teach, and speak, but it's been a long road to get to where I am today. His interests were varied in many, and he applied himself to each with the same vigor and enthusiasm. In high school, he was a star southpaw pitcher and loved baseball and the camaraderie that came with it. He was an avid reader and left behind a library's worth of books to prove it. He loved writing and filled many journals with his thoughts. His workout regimen is legendary and included CrossFit competitions and jiu-jitsu. He loves snowboarding in winter and basking in the sun in the summer, using no sunscreen, much to his mother's chagrin. He is survived by his parents, Tom and Gail, his brother Brett, and his soulmate and partner, Alexandra, along with aunts, uncles, cousins, and many, many dear friends who will forever care for him and miss him. So it's 10.39 on Sunday night. It's March 15th, uh, 2015, and I've been sort of struggling with getting this podcast out. Um, it's certainly not one that I've ever done before. It's something that, um, you know, I don't know how what the effect is uh, by putting out something like this, but, um, you know, I, I just want to pay tribute to Clint who's been a really good friend. <clears throat> over the last year, and just really getting to know somebody, and then find out one day that they're no longer with us. It's, it's different... It's a different situation because I only knew Clint, you know, remotely. It was only 
online and Twitter and over the last year we were in we were in a mastermind group together and uh, you know I would see him every two weeks and we would talk and then we'd have phone calls uh, other uh, you know otherwise and it's just a weird feeling um, because he passed away almost a month ago today and I didn't know about it and I had on my calendar for uh, the month of March to uh, have a meeting with him. And we were supposed to be on the phone chatting about uh, a new podcast that he it was, was going to roll out. So when I saw this comment come through on my site, I, you know, I, at first I was like, no, this must, be, this must be spam. Like, this is some you know, weird spam. I've never seen this before. Um, but I reached out to the person who left the comment, and I emailed our friend Brian Castle. I haven't heard back from him. Uh, since the time of this recording, uh, but they shared office space together, um, you know, to find out if if this if this was true. And and I I googled uh, his name and uh, you know, the keyword obituaries, um, and I found uh, the obituaries um, that I just read at the beginning of this podcast, and I still can't believe it. So I email his email uh, from. The, the last email that we had together about setting up the, uh, the phone call for the podcast. And his, uh, a couple hours later, his mom replied um, to tell me that he had passed away. And it's just, still I can't. <laughs> I just, like, I'm laughing, but, I'm, but it's also very difficult to... Like, understand the capacity of what just happened. Um, okay, I'm back. I'm going to try to keep together uh, moving forward here. Let's uh, just share a story about Clint. I've got a few, but uh, the first one that comes to mind is this past summer at WordCamp New York. And, you know, I, I run this WordPress podcast, and... Um, when I go to WordCamps, there's a lot of folks who, who know me and, you know, I always, you know, run into people that I don't know. And it's great to, to meet these people who do listen and, and then I get a chance to chat with them. But walking down the hall with Clint was, I almost felt like he should be the one uh, with the WordPress podcast because everybody knew him there. And it was amazing to see a guy who just loves connecting with people and connecting other people with other people, <laughs> uh, have, you know, just have that, that reaction from, from the crowd. I mean, we had lunch together. Uh, we were sitting next to each other in, in a few of the presentations and it was just nonstop. Uh, you know, just, he knew everyone and, uh, partly because he ran the, the Connecticut WordCamp. I think he was the actual first one to, to get that, uh, up and running and launched. And uh, so we had a lot of connections there, and, and the guy was just a true, you know, he was just a hustler. Like, he, he, was get, he was the guy that I always referred to as the only person I knew as close to Gary V, right, as, as living the, the Gary Vaynerchuk way of, of hustling, making connections. Like, this dude was, is the real deal. And, uh, you know, it, it just, you could just see it when as you walk down the hall and you, and he met all these other people, uh, that were coming up to him and it was just great. It was a great experience. And then, uh, I think we had lunch the second night 
uh, together, and then, he, and then he had to take off, or the second day, uh, and then he had to take off um, to do some stuff, but just, just a great guy, and it was great to see him sort of shine uh, in that moment. Uh, I mentioned that we were in a, a mastermind together, and our mutual friend Brian Castle had introduced us maybe over, over a year ago now. And uh, yeah, every two weeks, we would all get together. There was uh, four other uh, folks who owned uh, their digital agencies as well. And it was just great to talk to him. And <laughs> I always would joke uh, that, you know, he just looked so damn good in a, in a, in a V-neck, way better than I ever could. And uh, I just hoped that uh, one day all the efforts that I put into the gym uh, would, would yield the same results. I, I too, could rock uh, the Clint Warren v-neck so um it was just always a good time um business life you know just having those conversations with him they really meant a lot and i'm gonna miss having those conversations with him because it was always and i was getting pumped up i mean the, the last email he was off to colorado to for a snowboarding trip and we were going to connect and and get that podcast up and going for him. So I was really looking forward to that, you know, and, and one last story, and then I'm going to leave uh, an audio clip of his last YouTube video that he put up. But uh, work camp Providence over the summertime, he, uh, he was just an animal, and he drove up. He drove up, and he was texting me, and he's like, hey, we got to grab lunch. I got all the stuff I want to talk to you about. And uh, then he was, he was like, I'm an hour late. <laughs> He's like, I might be an hour late. I might need to have my, uh, my talk uh, re- rescheduled uh, or something like that. And <clears throat> he was asking me if I could find out from um, the coordinators if, we could, if I could, you know, if I could uh, move him around if, if he had to. But he made it just in time, I think like 15 minutes before his talk. And he, he made the talk and then he uh, hung out for a little while um, and got to meet some of the folks that, that I was hanging out with and he had to take off for a concert. And, you know, that was, that was the last time I saw him. And uh, it was just, just amazing to see, like, how fast. Like, he was coming from another meeting, and it's just, it's just the guy was just a hustler. It was just amazing to see, you know. And, you know, sometimes when you think you don't have the energy to, to really – to really accomplish something, you know, you, you go back <laughs> and look at these videos from Clint. It's truly uh, inspirational. And um, I'm going to miss him. My name is Clint Warren, and I want to share with you a very personal story that I've only shared with, with close friends up to this point, but I thought it was important to tell it. And it's the story of the night that I got shot tackling a gunman, but more importantly, the lesson of living with a sense of urgency. So it was November 13th, 2004. I was 20 years old at the time, and my, my buddies and I are at a bar celebrating a girl's birthday party. And my buddy and I are outside. I believe we got kicked out. And a car pulls up. We're trying to find a ride back to Westport, Connecticut. So a car pulls up. And there's two guys. They, they weren't very sketchy looking guys. 
asked us if we had a cigarette. Um, I believe we gave them a cigarette because I smoked at the time. And they asked, do you know how to get to Westport? And I said, yeah, um, that's actually where we're headed. Why don't you give us a ride? So we get in the car and we're big guys. It's not like we had to be concerned about getting rides from strangers. So we took the ride, they dropped us off. And I said, why don't you guys come inside? You know, we don't have any money. Come in and have a beer, hang out a little bit. It's the only way I can repay you. So they come in, there's about 12, the 12 friends inside playing video games. Um, some people were smoking pot, drinking beers, and they get these guys come in and, and hang out with us. After about 20 minutes, I'm in the kitchen with this girl, uh, the birthday girl talking to her. And everyone else is, is in that main living room and that's the entrance of the house. So that's the, uh, the entrance into the living room and the kitchen is in a separate room. So I'm talking to this girl and all of a sudden, one of the guys runs past us, he runs out the back door, which was attached to the kitchen. And he says, shit, he's done this before. And I'm not really sure what he means, but I look in the other room and the other guy now has a gun out. He's holding a gun and it was like a split second, all the adrenaline turns on. You realize this is not a joke. This guy's for real. I got to get out of here. And I had the back door right there. So I grabbed this girl. The guy is, he, first of all, he shouts, everyone get out your wallets, cell phones, and any drugs that you have. Because uh, there are a couple people smoking pot. So I grabbed this girl. We ran out the back door. I ran around to the front of the house. Um, I tucked her underneath a car. And I gave her my cell phone. I said, call police, call an ambulance. Something's about to go down. I knew that I couldn't leave my friends in that situation. Uh, I started walking towards the house. I could hear the guy with the gun um, getting increasingly agitated. I heard him shouting that people had, had more drugs or had more money or somehow holding out. So I walked towards the house. Um, the door was open so I could, his back was out facing me. And I could see everyone trapped in there. And he then cocked the gun and put it up to my friend's head. And at that point, I made the decision to tackle him. I, I charged him from behind. I tackled him, you know, like a linebacker and got him to the ground. As I tackled him, he turned and the gun was pressed into my side um, and he pulled the trigger three times. And in the newspaper, it says one bullet missed, but I was later told at the hospital the first bullet went straight through. I have an exit wound less than an inch from my spine. The entrance is right here. Second bullet, it was nine millimeter hollow points, uh, fragmented. I had um, a lot of fragments in me. I actually, your body works them out of you. So I was able to pull some fragments out of me. I still have them. And the third bullet got stuck in the chamber and got him to the ground. Uh, my friends, <laughs> I will say, uh, very physically subdued him. I'll leave it at that. And I got up and um, th there was just this moment where I, I felt like I'd been kicked very hard. And I looked down and I'll never forget seeing smoke coming out of me and smelling like a firecracker went off. And the next thing, and it still didn't hit me yet what had happened. The next thing I remember is wearing a black t-shirt and going like this and just feeling it warm and gooey, like instantly the whole thing. And I went like this and my shirt just went. <laughs> and 
And that's when I took a deep breath. I realized I'd been shot. Um, I went back outside to the girl. She was sobbing. Uh, she said, what happened? I heard a gunshot. And I said, Caroline, I need you to just relax. Um, I need you to put your hand over the hole in my back. And I laid on the ground and I put my feet up on the bumper of the car, my car. I thought that would somehow preserve blood to my head. I don't know, I don't know if that was right to do. Uh, and I pushed pressure over the, the hole in my stomach and I looked up at the sky and it was November 12th or 13th. I believe it was the 13th at that point. It was like late at night, early morning. And it was a very light snowfall. Uh, the first time it had snowed that year. And I remember laying there and there was no life before my eyes. It was just, you know, this is it. I'm 20 years old. This is the insane ending to a very mediocre story. <laughs> I really hadn't had much to show up for my life at that point. Um, I certainly wasn't going to be remembered. Probably wouldn't have a ton of people at my funeral. But I do remember begging just for one more shot, you know, one more chance. And at that point, the ambulance showed up. So I was rushed to the hospital. I was able to call my mom, actually. Um, and she had received some calls like this before. I'm not getting shot, but I had overdosed at that point one time. Uh, I'd been arrested, uh, you know, so um, this was just the next progression in her son's life. Now, obviously, I made it. And I'm very, very grateful and fortunate. But the point of the story is not so much getting shot. It's living with a sense of urgency. And people tell me that I live with this tremendous sense of urgency. That's what everyone says when they meet me. I do. Because I know that life is fragile. And I've been in that situation where I'm begging for that one more chance. I begged for it after that, too. And I got it. And even after I got it, I still continued to squander my life as I battled addiction and made a lot of poor decisions. But I think we're all here for a reason. And I'm just incredibly grateful now to really have one more shot at this. And I just don't want to waste it. Now, you don't have to go through what I went through to live with that same sense of urgency. Life is short. People die every day for crazy reasons. And you don't know when your time is going to come. So look, be genuine, right? Live with that sense of urgency. Be proud of who you are and always strive to improve. Live with honesty and integrity. Produce something. Be remembered. You know, because when you do those things and you start living a life that's memorable and going to bed every night, when you ask yourself, did I do everything I could today to move my life forward, to help other people, to produce something, to leave something behind? When your life is fading, you won't have to ask for one more chance because you made the most of one you had. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you letting me share. And leave a comment or feedback if you'd enjoyed this. Thanks.